Hey everybody, welcome to Music Therapy. I'm Jessica Risker and I'm a musician based here in Chicago, Illinois. I am also a licensed clinical professional counselor. Music Therapy is a show where I dive deep into the psyche of musicians and bands. We talk about music, music careers, mental health, the music business, the creative process, touring, recording, balancing life and music, and really anything else me and my guests want to talk about. If you want to know more about the podcast or myself and my own music, please visit musictherapypodcast.com, and you can also visit jessicarisker.com. Today we are talking with Ryan Suzuka of Blow Wind Blow. He's an incredible harmonica player. He's been on American Idol. He also plays with one of my other favorite Chicago musicians, Ty Maxson. And here's a little bit more about Ryan. Ryan Suzuka is a harmonica player from Hawaii who eventually took up ukulele playing, songwriting, and singing while in Chicago. With guitarist Rami Atasi, he formed Blow Wind Blow and released their album The Wake on February 29, 2020, right before the shutdown. Together, they make dark, dreamy, full-hearted, blue-stained indie pop. We will hear a song from Ryan at the end of the show after our discussion, but first, here's a song from me. This is a song called Reassign Me off my album I See You Among the Stars. That was my song, Reassign Me, off ICU Among the Stars. Let's go ahead and turn to our conversation with Ryan. 
hello. <laughs> How are you doing? Good. Oh. Thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. This is nice. How how are you? Oh, pretty good. Just hanging out at home. I'm kind of holed up in my room because my roommate went to sleep. So <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm trying to be a little quiet. Everybody, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you well. Okay. So here's the here's the starter question. Can mm -hmm. you? Uh, orient us to to like your day, your regular week. What does oh your regular week look like these days? Right now, um, oh, so I'm working at a high-end convenience store, and it's kind of nice because I get a lot of free expired stuff. And uh -huh. like, <laughs> sometimes I make entire meals. I should, probably should make a YouTube video series of just like all the things I make out of expired stuff. <laughs> um, some of it's not great, but some of it's pretty okay. And then... Um, uh, let's see. So I do that. Are you doing that full time or how much are you working? Uh, so I'm doing that full time. Yeah. Full time? Uh -huh. Yeah. Cause I love money so much. Uh -huh. And then yeah. <laughs> it's my favorite or uh, it's not that it's not really my favorite, but it's nice to pay bills. Paying bills is my favorite. And then, uh, <laughs> aside from that, then I'm just, uh, hanging out, doing little doodads on the ukulele and, uh, playing harmonicas by myself all alone. So, you um you're getting a lot of hearts. I don't know if you're noticing that, but you're getting a lot oh, of love. Oh my goodness. A lot of love is coming your way. Holy moly. Not surprising. Thanks folks. What are um, those hearts? So you're working full time, you're playing music, <laughs> you you have a roommate. You had mentioned so when we you had uh, written before. Mm -hmm. We want to talk about the pandemic. You you had kind of said your roommate had moved out. Is this the same roommate? Oh your, no. So yeah, so pandemic starts. Um, my roommate at the time just didn't have money going into the pandemic, mm -hmm. and he was a—he's a seasonal bartender for the summer, or he was a seasonal bartender for the summertime, and then uh, so he was kind of like on his last legs, getting ready to be a seasonal <laughs> summer bartender. Yeah, and then everything just crashes. So he ended up moving in with his girlfriend, and then that specific space I could not afford by myself, of course. Uh -huh. So I ended up moving in August. And I think simultaneously, I also had trouble getting the um, uh, unemployment benefits. Just uh, I didn't have a, a state ID or a local ID. So then uh, that was pushing everything back considerably. So I didn't get that until June and yeah, mid-June is or maybe July is when I finally got the a bunch of unemployment benefits. And then, um, yeah, I used that money to move, basically, and with another friend. So, Well, let me, let me ask you. Okay, so I want to go back because uh, – and – ask about the album that came out last year and kind of what your experience has been like yeah. and the things you're doing now, but how, how have you been, how have you been feeling these days? Oh, so these days I got all this cash in my pocket. It's uh pretty, it's good now, especially as things are uh, s sort of opening up, I guess a little bit, maybe there's some hope at least. Um, mm -hmm. Let's see. There's uh yeah, I guess it was, it was tough kind of going financially, of course, going into the move, but now, yeah. now I've kind of, now that I'm working steadily, I have a, I actually got a job at, I got the job at the same time that I, or right before I was about to move. So that worked out nicely. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, nowadays I'm pretty comfortable. Um, even back then though, I mentioned I, I did like being alone <laughs> in the apartment for the first months of the pandemic. I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to yeah. ask you about that. You said that, you know, your roommate had moved out, but you, I I, you phrased it interestingly. You said you felt guilty that you really enjoyed being alone. What do you mean? By yeah. That? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty nice. I mean, I had friends checking in all the time because they're like, oh, he's alone and he has no money. But at the same time, it was kind of a blast to just like, I'm going to just watch a bunch of old movies or something. Um, I was uh -huh. digging in through my pantry and making all kinds of concoctions of stuff that I hadn't, I forgot all about that were in there. Mm -hmm. So I had like a big thing of uh, a flour that I was like, I'm just going to make different, like how many things can I make with flour? And I didn't have any, <laughs> I wasn't able to make bread, but I made pretty much everything else you can make with flour that wasn't bread that rises. <laughs> so, so. Were you were you working before? Did anything? Oh yeah, change for you? What oh, so I was working uh, actually with a former guest, Ty Maxson, mm -hmm. um, uh, at a tea shop. Uh huh. 
And then there was a disagreement with the owner and then I was no longer, I no longer had a job to go back to basically. Oh, okay. And then, uh, so then, then there was probably a month before I found a new job. And then uh, eventually all the finances came in, rolling in dough. So, so you, okay, so you were working and then when the pandemic started, mm-hmm. did the did the tea shop change? Did you, were you still going in or did that pause for oh, a while? So that, that did stop. Um, uh, every so often I take up, there's like a part of the tea shop. There's a retail floor, but there's also the internet store. So I did go in a couple times just to help bag things for the internet store. Mm-hmm. Um, but really it wasn't much money. It's just like, Oh, here's like 50 bucks for the day. Okay. Um, yeah. But uh, let's see. Yeah. So that, so pretty much no monies. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so the rough timeline, you were working at the tea shop full-time, right? Mm-hmm. Full-time. And then you're working full-time at the tea shop. This is pre-pandemic. You're working at the tea shop and then... Yeah. We don't have to talk about the tea shop. <laughs> it felt like your life was pretty stable. And then you're, yeah. you're releasing this album. You released the album on February 29th called The yeah. Wake. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I forget the exact date the shutdown started, but that timing yeah. sounds like that was pretty... when. Mm-hmm. yeah things just really cut off yeah for sure so uh i guess i could say i was one of the lucky ones of course who got to actually release an album on february 29th uh no no nobody with a mask everyone's just partying and <laughs> drinking at the release show it was at elastic arts um and uh so yeah it was nice to be able to do that and mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's kind of nice because, or it's also sad that some people are like, that was the last show I was at. Oh, the last, yeah. yeah. Someone's like, oh, that's kind of a bummer, but also kind of nice that they remember, remember me and my show in a positive light, at least. Um, so I got to do that. And then, uh, yeah, shortly after that, it's probably half a month later, essentially. Yeah. Everything just starts shutting down, NDA stops. Um, and then, uh, yeah, my roommate actually at the time was already, had already moved uh moved to his girlfriend's essentially so so then it was just uh from there all the way up into up through uh like i moved in august i guess i was just mm-hmm. hanging out alone yeah so what was that you you talked about a little bit what was that what was that transition that time period like for you oh so of course some um, like money's kind of running out but at the same time i'm basically um like i'm just kind of practicing every day which is pretty nice actually uh-huh. singing songs um let's see yeah i think yeah i'm going through old movies kind of like comfort things i am kind of afraid of just being outside because we knew so little right when that started ever so we're just afraid of everything yeah um i mean this is yeah I'm afraid to ride the bus the bus is kind of but i still yeah. rode the bus like, like a couple times as i mentioned just to get that one day of work uh, for the internet store. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it was kind of interesting just to see everything for the first time ever just shut down and just, um, at least there's only like two people on the bus <laughs> at the most. Uh, Were you, the was it stressful? I mean, when you, part, oh, yeah, of, yeah. part of the way you describe it, I mean, I'm sure it was stressful, but like part of the way you yeah. describe it was in some ways you sort of, it sounds like embraced it. You're kind of, let's watch some movies, let's practice. Yeah. Yeah, there's, yeah, <laughs> watching movies all day. I did make a schedule, like, I, even though I'm not seeing anybody, like, I'm still, um, like, eating at certain times, kind of regimented times. Yeah. I'm still, um, like, taking a shower every day because I just don't like to stink. <laughs> so uh-huh. that's what so I'm doing. I'm taking care of myself, essentially. Um, a lot of uh, texting with friends. Oh, it was actually kind of nice just to, because I don't, uh, message my family very often. I should message them more often. It's nice that I still have family around. But um, are they in of Hawaii? All of a sudden, yeah, they're all uh, mostly in Hawaii. I have a brother in California, and a sister who actually January of 2020 moved to South Korea um, with her family. So, oh, but anyway, wow. so so it was nice to just all of a sudden like everyone's checking in on everybody every day. Um, yeah, so that was yeah. pretty nice. So it was actually probably more contact. Maybe that's what was. Nice. So it was probably more, at least, even if it was digital, more contact with family than I ever had at any point or leading up to it. So. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. 
yeah, it's funny to think back. Though. There's lots of there was so many zooms and yeah, at yeah, first, so especially. many zooms and texts in between zooms and checking in with every single person who I was working with at the tea shop before it shut down and everything. Yeah. I'm still curious about the statement you make. You know, you really enjoyed being alone, but you felt guilty that you really enjoyed being alone. Yeah. Why, did you feel, why did you feel guilty well, about that feeling? Because it is kind of chaotic, out, or it was chaotic outside, especially because we didn't know anything. People are already dying, and I'm just like, oh, but this is kind of awesome. I really, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just, it's almost like, it's like a forced vacation for me at the time, even though that's very insensitive, obviously, considering uh, like the stress that everybody's under and potentially like in the future, like I could have been evicted at some point if I didn't get that fund, those funds mm -hmm. in. So, so, but given that at least on a day-to-day -day basis, it was, uh, it was kind of freeing <laughs> to, to just have that time for the first time ever. I was like, Oh, I, I have a month. No, I have two months. What? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think you can hold both things at the same time, or you can yeah. recognize that there's hard stuff going on, you know, in the world. But mm -hmm. also, I, you're not the first person to say, I sort of enjoyed being able to stay inside and not do anything, yeah. you know, or have obligations, mm -hmm. or just have a forced break, in a way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, so that was, I mean, there's no other point in time that I can imagine that I'll end up with that amount of time to just be, or do nothing, basically, <laughs> yeah. Like, how, I don't think that would ever happen again. Yeah. How do you do? I mean, being, probably for the best. <laughs> yeah. <-wise>, but, but yeah. <laughs> how do you do with being alone? Oh, so I think I really like I'm, I was probably always an introvert growing mm -hmm. up. I I was even thinking like back when I was in high school, even I would I'd, I'd just be at my grandma's house while my parents were working during the summer, and then I would. I wouldn't tell anybody. I would just start, I'd walk to the nearby marketplace and then just sit on a bench and play harmonica. <laughs> uh -huh. And that's how I kind of learned harmonica. Like I didn't, and I, I feel bad now because I, I didn't actually tell her that I was going to go anywhere. So she's just like, where is Ryan? He just, he's not in the house. I don't know where he went, but I wouldn't say any, anything to anybody and just walk out when she was taking a nap and then uh, just kind of yeah, take a half hour walk to that marketplace. So just, a lot of alone time, I guess. What kept you from sharing where you were going? Uh, oh, actually, <laughs> that's probably also me being shy and not wanting to, I don't know, I didn't want to tell people that I was working on something. Like, I'm trying to be a harmonica player at the time. Um, oh, so did they not know? I guess it's an easy oh, instrument they, they to hide. You kind of put it in your pocket. Yeah. They knew I had a harmonica, but I wasn't really, at that point, I had already played for two years, but I was really bad. So <laughs> I was, I just started to learn how to bend notes and then I, uh, I was getting good and I was, I could basically learn licks off of albums and st learn solos and things. So I, but I didn't want to, I don't know, I felt embarrassed to share that or then in the process of that happening. Uh -huh. So I just went to a place where nobody would know me <laughs> and didn't tell anybody I was going there. And then just when I was done, then I would just walk back to grandma's house and, um, and then she would be upset that I left without telling her. <laughs> <laughs> so classic grandma, always caring for me. <laughs> You're a phenomenal harmonica player. Oh, geez. Oh, thank you very you much. You are. Um, I, that's funny that you, you know, didn't want them to know, but you would go to what sounds like a public place in practice. Yeah. It was, yeah. So I guess there were people around, but if there's a kid playing harmonica on a bench, they're not going to bother him, <laughs> especially because I wasn't necessarily like, I wasn't playing songs. I was just, clearly like listen to headphones and just backtracking and trying to pick out a solo on harmonica or something. So, um, yeah, That's that is a weird spot <laughs> to go to public space. That's really interesting to hear how you, um, how you kind of taught yourself. So, yeah. uh, yeah. did you ever take lessons or was that just uh, all? Oh, so I just, I had a couple books that I didn't really, those were the first two years where I didn't really learn much. Um, eventually I got this, uh, instructional that was on, on CD cause I'm very old. So there, there wasn't this YouTube thing. <laughs> so mm -hmm. uh, I got this instructional on CDs that basically explained really well by this harmonica player, like uh, Jerry Portnoy. And then, um, so then I was able to pretty much get to where I wanted to go after that. Just in, just in terms of being able to know enough so I, I can just teach myself. So, 
Um, and that was all junior year going into senior year that summer of high school. What drew you to the harmonica? Oh, I, I, originally, <laughs> I originally wanted to play an accordion, but uh -huh. it was obviously way too expensive <laughs> to get a, I don't know, a thousand dollar or even 500 plus keyboard accordion. Um, so I got uh, like a $25 harmonica instead for my birthday. <laughs> uh -huh. And um, But then around the same time I started uh, listening or looking for just recordings of harmonica and then I ended up on blues. And there was actually a blues band in the year, the, the class ahead of me, there was a blues band and they played and then I was like, okay, I'm in. I'm gonna listen to blues. I'm gonna listen to all the blues I can, learn all these solos if possible. So, mm -hmm. the harmonica and accordion they sort of sound similar. Yeah, That's sort of I, the substitution. Have you ever gotten yeah. one, an accordion since? Um, I, it's it's so hard. I have one, and Do I you? don't play it at all. <laughs> yeah, it's a practice one. Uh, friend, it was actually a gift uh, from my former boss. Um, uh, from the American Idol video, <laughs> so so uh, she she got it for me one year, um, and then uh, I I should play it is what I should do. <laughs> I should learn it because I haven't done that yet. And and actually I think on a harmonica anyway, there's a certain thing you can do with like a one and a four hole are the same note if you're blowing, and then if you put your tongue on the the two and three hole in between it, mm -hmm. so your, your tongue's on the middle and you're blowing out both sides of your mouth. Then you get that octave, which kind of is accordion-like. Uh -huh. uh, so I think I've been I do that a lot, probably more than most people would get like this kind of full accordion kind of shimmery uh, sound. So you uh, let's see. There's different directions I want to go, but first, you know, oh, yeah. American Idol. This time oh, out. Yeah. So you said this was exact. Is this exactly ten years since you? Yes, this day. So April twenty eighth, uh, ten years ago. Um, so young, <laughs> yeah, or I, was, I guess I was, yeah, uh, I mean, it was only 10 years ago, <laughs> but you said you were a accompanying a uh, musician friend of yours. Yeah. So, uh, my friend, uh, Crystal Bowersox, I just met at Uncommon Ground. We were just uh -huh. going to the open mic. I was better friends with Brian, uh, her husband, uh, oh, ex-husband now. <laughs> so, so, um, better friends with him. And then, um, yeah, so he kind of, he's the one who actually kind of got me in. He was like, hey, Ryan plays harmonica. You should get him on the band. So, uh, or in the band. So I, w I actually got to record with her uh, in her post-Idol, American Idol. Um, she got second place the season before. Her post-album, whatever contract they have to sign, they get an album with a big producer. So I got, I got to fly to Newark, New Jersey. Um, kind of terrifying because I wasn't used to like big, big studios that do, yeah. I think he does all the, David Bendith was the producer and he basically does all like the Paramore albums and uh, things like that. Um, I don't know, bigger, bigger things. <laughs> so, so it was very intimidating to do that. And it's kind of, yeah, just kind of a whirlwind. So we get all these cool gigs. We played at the Ryman Auditorium, uh, State Fair of Texas. And then, but the cool one, of course, was the best one was the American Idol show. Cause that was the one thing that I did that everybody in all facets of life could uh, uh -huh. see at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So Hawaii, Chicago, friends on the East Coast, so everyone could see it. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Did that did that whole experience did that do you feel like that influenced you musically or what you would want to oh. do with music or anything? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm 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 not sure. If anything, it's it's nice to have those kind of bigger gigs under your belt just uh -huh. to say that you did it or to get used to bigger crowds. Mm -hmm. um, granted, um, I don't, I don't play, play big crowds now, of course. Um, but uh, given, given that, that I'm not playing these larger establishments, it's, I am much happy. Like I like the songs of the people I'm playing with. Like I like Time Axton songs mm -hmm. much more, no offense. <laughs> so so, so it's, it's more fulfilling to, to do this. To, do, to play with for my friends, Matthew Shelton, another person I, I uh, yeah. play, we recorded with, uh, obviously Rami. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. So did it mm -hmm. give you a taste for fame? Are you craving that? Uh, <laughs> I always felt like a fish out of water, I think, for that. <laughs> so, so I not really a taste for fame. If anything, uh, at least watching Crystal in that environment, um, like she was almost kind of 
backing away from she like she she needed the uh, success at least anyway to to fund this whole whole operation and like their manager gets 15 percent and there's like the booking person and they all get money mm-hmm. but at the same time like she didn't necessarily like everybody knowing everything every single thing about her so I got to see that at least firsthand and I was like hmm. oh yeah that's <clears throat> that's not that's yeah that's seems actually she maybe a little sad at the, at the same time she feels kind of trapped just like always trying to search for a way to get out of things uh get away from the public anyway yeah that's interesting yeah one thing that I want to, I mean, that makes me think about you talking about practicing in public, but away from your family. Mm-hmm. Um, but something that you had also said previously was that oh, yeah. you, you know, I asked you something that you might want to talk about and you said your lack of productivity oh, yeah. and having a hard <laughs> time yeah. practicing if somebody else can hear you. That sounds like that's carried with you. Yeah, it's, and it is kind of strange to, <laughs> to, be okay practicing with like people who don't know me around apparently <laughs> like going to that marketplace when I'm 16 years old. Uh, and then, um, but yeah, when I know people can hear me, uh, I don't know. I just don't like them hearing the process of me sucking because <laughs> it's always, which is, I should get used to it. Cause you know, we're all human, <laughs> of course it doesn't make logical sense, but I don't, like I want to come to people, even if even Rami or something, I want to come to him with something that's fully formed. Mm-hmm. I don't want to come to him with like uh, something that I don't know quite how to sing yet. Um, like I want to be able to get loud when I want to get loud, and I don't want my voice to be cracking the whole time trying to figure out how to perform a song for the first time. So yeah, I mean it's a very vulnerable, kind of exposed kind of place when you're trying to work something out in front of people. Yeah. Which is why I can't cannot be a stand up comedian. So <laughs> yeah. that's all that's all they do. <laughs> oh yeah, tell, tell me about yeah, it. I, can, I don't know how to do that. That's a nightmare. That is a complete nightmare to have to do that, and that's what you have to do for your job. Wow. So, so how do you feel when you're on stage performing? Oh, so um, actually, so that's obviously there's nerves mm-hmm. that go along with performing anytime. Even when I was doing these big, big shot gigs. <laughs> and even when I came back from those big shot, uh, big gigs, and then just uh, started um, doing these, the, my, old, my old comfortable smaller venues, <laughs> uh, uh, there's always the nerves, but at the same time, um, uh, there's all, it feels like there's something that I had inside me that nobody gets to see and then, except for that moment anyway. So it's, it's like a nice release. Uh-huh. performance release yeah whether it's especially with the singing part because that one I I didn't sing until the end of uh, when I was learning harmonica on that bench because uh, the instructional for that harmonica or harmonica lesson said that essentially if you want to learn the lick on a harmonica you should sing it first uh-huh. and I just didn't even sing to myself before that so not I never sang when I was alone or anything I just I just started singing just to learn harmonica <laughs> and then eventually uh, through college, people are like, hey, you have a nice voice, you should sing more often. And then mm-hmm. I just ended up, that became kind of the, the thing. So um, We have a, a comment, where do you warm up your voice? I can't do that if anyone can hear me, so I go to my car. Do you, what do you do? Oh, I need to get a car. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so, so, uh, just, just for warm, I don't need to drive it anywhere, I can just warm up my voice. Because <laughs> that's the thing, I don't, uh, I don't know where to warm up my voice. Um, obviously, if it comes closer to showtime, then I just have to deal with it. I just have to like, okay, everyone's going to hear me. I have to be ready for this show. Yeah. Um, but if I can avoid it, which is when I'm obviously, I mentioned like when I'm trying to write or when I just want to practice, then I'm just like, I'm just, I'm just trying to like not sing it too loud so people can't hear. So you <laughs> very unhealthy. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like I mean, it sounds like it's something a feeling you've had with you for a long time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can kind of relate to that feeling. I feel like I have okay. some compassion for that. You know, not like okay, showing people the the trying. You just want the product, I guess. Yeah, uh, like because because there is a lot of work bef- obviously before the the product. There's just so much work that has to happen, and uh, yeah, and yeah, it's it's that exposed feeling. So hard you to deal said- with that you feel like you haven't been as productive, is that due to the nature of the pandemic, having a roommate, maybe people being home oh, all the time, yeah. or what do you feel, 
knowing is that because somebody else is in the house or what's keeping oh, you? Oh yeah. So the so at the beginning of the pandemic, I guess there was a lot of stress. Of course, even though I was having a good time just being alone, mm-hmm. there is still that overarching stress. Like I don't know how I'm gonna pay rent in a few months, basically yeah. that sort of thing. Uh, and that I think that put, kind of put a little mental block in some ways. Um, now that I'm comfortable in a different space, I feel like I, I'm definitely recording a lot of ideas on my phone. Uh-huh. Uh, melodic ideas is how I usually start off. Um, so there's a whole bunch of those that I can work with. Um, but some of those, like some of the ideas, like I, I need to be loud, I think. Uh-huh. And, and once again, I don't want to be loud when people can hear me. Yeah. Um, and then, and of course, no one's going anywhere. I like my roommate. And so, um, so yeah, I'm like, oh, I don't want to be, I don't want to, I don't want everyone to hear me in the house. <laughs> so, so, so I don't end up really fleshing out these ideas that I have recorded basically is what, what it comes down to. Um, so maybe I should get a space or something or a car. I should or get a car. car. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or go, yeah, go to a, I mean, could you go, or, <laughs> could you go to a park like and sit? And- I guess so. Yeah. Although now that I actually know I want to perform, I don't I wonder if, yeah, I don't know if I want to perform, like, be out there in a park where people can hear me. I think at the time I was just trying to basically learn harmonica when I, you know, back in when I was 16. And so it was okay that they heard the, that strangers heard the process. Now that I'm performing out and about, I don't know if I want them to hear the process now. So, oh, well. Did you, the album that came out last year, mm-hmm. um, did you, you know, you were able to release it and have a release show? Yeah. Which you, you know, you said you're grateful for. Was there, were there any plans that were interrupted with the album? Oh, by well, the pandemic? so we weren't planning to necessarily play, we're not, we weren't planning, to, Rami and I weren't planning to play every month or so, but we, even just, the, the gig was really nicely successful. We made some money, enough to pay the band for the next, because uh, we don't really have uh, the, the rest of the band, <laughs> it's just us two. Uh-huh. But we had, enough, we, we made enough money and then some to pay the band for the next show. So we were probably planning on playing in May-ish, obviously, uh-huh. then immediately, <laughs> within half a month, we knew that was not going to happen. Um, but yeah, we're, we're planning to just keep this going, maybe like four four larger shows a year or, yeah. or something like that. And then we could do little smaller duo things in between them, but four, like full band things a year. But mm. Do you think that will be something that you pick up now that, oh, you know... Uh, yeah, actually, so I generally, I think I probably have this big self-esteem issue where I'm just like, ah, Rami's not going to want to play with me anymore. <laughs> and I just think that all the time. And then uh, Rami just <laughs> texted me even before he knew that I was going to be on this show. And he was like, hey, I just listened to the album. Uh, really looking forward to playing these songs again. I'm like, what? <laughs> I guess I guess we're going to continue. <laughs> so how do you feel about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I always feel like I'm bothering people. Like, uh, so Rami has always been the one who uh, found the other musicians. Well, besides, obviously, he knows a lot of people, and he has a really good ear for that. He's the, the mastermind <laughs> of the band, even though it's my songs and singing. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, so, yeah, he's, he's uh, <laughs> so, or I guess I should say, I, I'm, I'm feeling um, a little bit better now about what's going to happen in the future <laughs> just by Rami sending a, one little text. Yeah, I'm just, I just get a little, um, I just assume I'm going to bother people by asking, hey, do you want to play with my band? Or something like that. Yeah. So you need a push. I need, I need a push. I, I need to push myself, I think. I'm always, I'm always thinking no one's going to want to play. And then people will just ask me to play on stuff. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. that's cool. Sure oh, even this show. This show alone, <laughs> just being asked to be on the show, I'm like, oh, what a, oh, I feel like a musician again. <laughs> so, so thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> Oh, it's my pleasure. Well, oh, you know, one I want to ask you about Ty. I know you through oh, Ty. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Ty Maxson. Hold on, I'm going to see which episode. He was on earlier. He was episode 32. Ty Maxson, who yeah. was music I always loved. And you guys mm-hmm. were such a great duo. I mean, um, and he, you know, when I interviewed him, he was here in Chicago, and it was the beginning of the pandemic, and he oh, up, he up yeah. and moved. So how... how yes. You know, you have so, more so, music going on than just with Ty. Obviously, you've got your own stuff and other musicians yeah. you work mm-hmm. with. But what, did that surprise you, or how was that when he moved away? Oh, so I guess it made sense because I, I mentioned that we worked at the tea shop together, and that yeah. kind of imploded. So 
uh, basically once I wasn't working there, then essentially the entire staff <laughs> within the next month left the store. Really? So, uh, yeah. So, so, so I guess that says a lot about how awesome this guy is basically, <laughs> but, um, really, so if everybody, everybody leaves, uh, Ty, of course, um, he, uh, he found the reason with the, the job that he accepted in uh, uh-huh. Leland, Michigan as like a little, uh, in, innkeeper, basically him and Rachel. So who did the wonderful photo that we, <laughs> that we promoted yeah. the, the show with anyway, uh, shout out to Rachel Winslow. Yeah. Then, Rachel, uh, miss both of them. I'm glad they're uh, doing, they're running an inn in Michigan. It's so romantic. Yeah. Sadly, but horrible. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah. So that, that I guess wasn't a big surprise. He was, I think for the last several years, he was looking for a way to leave the tea shop. So he finally found that, like, the reason, like, I'm not there. And if I'm not there, then our other friend, Matt Cruz, and Matthew Shelton was working there, too. Like, they're not going to be there. Mm -hmm. So then, thankfully, they got a job. Unfortunately, it's away from us in Chicago. Granted, it's not like we're playing out. Right. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) or at least recently haven't been playing out. (laughs) Yeah, so for Ty, it wasn't a huge surprise. Yeah. Um... Uh, obviously, I'm sad that I'm not in the same city as him, yeah. but um, but yeah, yeah, he's he's gonna do great <laughs> in Leland, Michigan, and we'll still see each other because we're friends. We're like that. Are you gonna go stay at the inn? Uh, I guess I should. <laughs> I have to see how to, have to. How do you get there? That's so far north. Um, <laughs> You're gonna need a car. Your, maybe I'll, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think this is what Rami this is. Rami and I will. Rami will drive me or something. <laughs> yeah. Let me, Even okay. though he has a child. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but no, yeah, me and Rami are going to go up. <laughs> that actually sounds kind of fun. Yeah, um, road trip. Okay, so a little all over the place, but I also want to oh, go yeah. back. So you, mm-hmm. over the summer, you had to find a new place, and you also yeah. had to find a new job. And it sounds like yeah. the new job you got is one that's public-facing. Yes. How has yeah. that been for you? Oh, so, I mean, I guess the tea, sh- if, if the t- I went back to the tea shop, it would have been public facing too. Yeah. So I'm just kind of used to working retail jobs uh-huh. and things like that. Uh, this one, obviously it was in June that I found it. So it was an essential workspace. Um, so that, uh, kind of a higher end convenience store that I, I guess I won't say the name just cause maybe they're not supposed to give out expired things. So that's the only reason because I love the expired stuff. I get so much food. Uh, but anyway, so, so, um, uh, it, it is, it was a little scary just to go back to working just in general. Yeah. And then you have the pandemic on top of it. Yeah. So, uh, and obviously my parents are worried. Uh, both my parents are in the medical field. Uh, my mom's a nurse and my dad's a doctor. Uh-huh. Um, so they were able to actually send me a bunch of N9, KN95 masks uh-huh. as well as a shield. So I've been sporting that. Um, is Yeah, so pretty much the, the last many months that I've been working there. I'm the guy with the shield. <laughs> Nobody else has a shield there. How have, how have customers been in your experience? Oh, so of course you have to have a mask to get in. Um, there's a few people that don't seem to get that and then they don't get to shop there or they have to go back, come back with a mask. Uh But for the most part, uh, I mean, we're in the city and I think most people seem to get it or especially neighborhood I'm in is East Lakeview. So those, those folks generally get it too. So so they understand. Yeah. Yeah. They respect the mask, um, and the store thing. Let's see other things we want to talk about. We were talking about um, well, well, I mean, let me ask you about more about your music and kind of what oh, you, yeah. you know, you were saying sometimes you need a little bit of a push, but clearly music has been such an important part of your life. Is your mm-hmm. family musical? Or you, you? Oh, yeah. So my dad, I guess, has played music. I sort of remember him as a kid playing guitar. He kind of did um, like Jim Croce songs on the uh-huh. guitar. Um, granted, I feel like sometime by around age 10, like I just didn't see it anymore. And, uh, my uncle, uh, my dad's brother plays music. He still plays music with some friends. Um, they get together and play songs, but pretty much I haven't really heard my dad since I was, uh, yeah, 10 or 11 or something like that. Like I actually, I remember coming home, 
around that time, and then I hear some guitar, and then I hear him slow, quickly put the guitar away. <laughs> but is that like you, like not I, wanting other people oh to hear? Oh my him? gosh, it's genetic. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I guess it is like me. So yeah, I don't want people to hear me just like uh, figuring out <laughs> how to sing again or something. So uh, and apparently, like we would meet up with his friends, his high school friends, uh-huh. and then they would say, "Hey, are you?" To my dad, they're like, "Hey, do you still sing?" And then he's like, "Oh no, no, I don't sing too much." So apparently, he was like the singer in the group, but I just <laughs> barely heard it. <laughs> so so once again, yeah, it's genetic. It's I have a good amount of that, except I, I perform a little bit more <laughs> than he'd ever did, I guess. <laughs> have you ever asked him about that? Uh, no, but I should. <laughs> so, That's interesting. It's nice that my, yeah, it's nice that my dad's still around. Oh, I should ask him. Of course, uh, right after I went to art school and he wanted me to have a job when I left, so he was encouraging graphic design, but I, I hated it, so I dropped out of the program, uh-huh. and I, I decided to stay in Chicago to play music, <laughs> which he was upset about. But uh, after one of the times he visited and he saw me play at this open mic I was hosting, then he did uh, send me a ukulele as a gift for my birthday. Uh-huh. Or, yeah, I think it was my birthday. So he was kind of his, like, making amends, like, supporting, like, oh, okay, I see what you're doing. And then you can continue to do that. Be broken Chicago if you want. So <laughs> we were worried about you, but, but we, we, we embraced it. So We support you. Yeah, so that was kind of nice. That, I mean, that was 15 years ago or so, but yeah. yeah. So you decided to stay in Chicago largely, sounds like music was a For big factor. Music. Yeah, so yeah, it's, um, yeah, I, I feel like, um, oh, so, I mean, part of the reason why I think I realized I hated graphic design was because of music. Um, my first two years in Chicago, I was, of course, or the, I finished school, but first two years while at school, I was busking on the street. Uh, I found a, a blues duo, uh, and anytime I wasn't in class, I was busking uh, with them. So they would uh-huh. actually be in between my classes and my res hall, and then I would basically, uh, when I'd, on the way back to my residence hall after class, I'm like, hey, they're playing, Josh is playing. So then I'd just run up and get my stuff and then play the rest of the day out with them. I'd play with them on the weekends at the water tower. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, so so... Even just knowing the response that I got from that and then knowing the response that I got from uh, anything else in school, I was like, oh, yeah, I can't, yeah, I can't do, do that after getting such a good response uh, just on the street <laughs> playing music. You mean like people watching or applauding? Yeah, or? yeah applauding. Uh, Josh kind of, or the guy I was playing with, Josh Harp taking me around immediately to all of his spots. Anything I could, he could sneak me into because I was still underage, we would play that. Uh-huh. Uh, we'd go to like some show that had a blues band playing or like it was like an art show, uh, art, art release show. And then um, uh, there was a blues band playing and then we would go up, go up when the band <laughs> uh, took a break. And uh-huh. then we would do, we'd try and like, you know, be way better than the band and the band would get mad, stuff like that. <laughs> so little antics of playing around Chicago. <laughs> That I wouldn't have done myself, but... You would but sneak off? You would sneak of, on stage? Yeah, but he... Oh, what? You would sneak, yeah, up, would sneak on up, stage? up on stage? I mean, I had my own harmonicas, obviously, so I wasn't... But he would... He and Actually, he had his own guitar. We'd just, yeah, we'd just slide right in. Boop! <laughs> and then uh, get the party going. <laughs> so, yeah. That's funny. Probably not the nicest thing, but... But that's what... Yeah. The hustle. <laughs> but that's, that's the kind of stuff we were up to. <laughs> so how did you... Uh, th- how was busking? Did you make did you make some money doing that? We we made we probably made an average of minimum wage. So some days obviously were less, but some days we would just get people dropping twenties in the bucket or something. So um, yeah, yeah. So we only stopped actually because he ended up getting married and he moved moved out of state. <laughs> but we would have kept on going for sure. Um, just yeah. So Did it was you actually if, 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 oh what? Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, if so, anyone's Facebook friends with me, a picture of us busking is, maybe I'll post it on my Instagram, but is, is like my banner uh, just mm-hmm. for my personal page. And it's, it's probably one of the more crowded events where we were actually, we set up a busking thing out, event right outside the Blues Fest. <laughs> so, and, and we had like amps and he had a generator. So we're just, everything's plugged in. And then we, a lot of folks, yeah, we just, or you, you can check out the picture. There's a, I mean, I'll post it right after this. <laughs> so, there's a big, big crowd around us. Everybody, people dancing and stuff. 
That's so, that's so cool. Did you ever fight over your territory? I feel like people can be very uh, <laughs> territorial about their busking spot. Oh, so maybe now, at that point, I think he was, by the time I joined him, he was already established. So uh -huh. uh, our spot on the weekdays was right across, because I'm old, right across from Marshall Fields. <laughs> so because so, so, I'm, I'm a very old man, you see. Um, so Marshall Fields and uh, at State in Washington, uh, which was an empty lot, but now is like that big, I don't know, it's like a train stop <laughs> with the theater and the, on the top, but it was an empty lot at the time. And then, yeah, I mentioned that the water tower on the weekends mm -hmm. every Saturday, Sunday, and we just played for like six hours on the weekend at a time. So full oh, wow. shift. Yeah. So what would you, what, do you have, you know, ideas for how you would like music in your life to look, you know, moving forward the next, over the next few oh. years or what, what do you, how do you yeah, see it? Yeah, uh, yeah, I should get more, <laughs> get songs, finish some songs. They have so many starts and half songs uh -huh. and three quarter songs. I just have to like get down and finish one, maybe Maybe I'm afraid to finish one. Another breakthrough, as <laughs> David Yance puts the therapy breakthrough on the, <laughs> the comment <laughs> on the bottom. But but yeah, so I, I do want to finish some stuff. And it's mostly about getting more recordings out there. Yeah. Because um, obviously, even if something were to prevent these venues from opening, I don't know, or, or another pandemic or something, like obviously, like people can release music digitally, which is mm -hmm. the seems to be the medium <laughs> nowadays. Yeah, singles and things like that. So how did you, you know, you've got lots of song snippets and ideas and stuff. How did you mm -hmm. complete the album that you released last year? How did you? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that, that was pretty old, too. <laughs> too but uh, let's see. That actually, I don't know if he's still on, but uh, Good Wolf Music, uh, Jeff Brakey, whose mm -hmm. house we were at, uh, the Good Wolf House. So, uh as someone who doesn't instigate stuff, it was pretty much Rami and I think Jeff saying like, hey, let's record something. Uh -huh. <laughs> and so, yeah, I was not the person who was like, I got to record these songs, record my stuff. Like, I never say that. <laughs> so, so, so it's all of them just saying like, hey, we, let's uh, let's work on the songs. Now let's record the songs. Um, it's basically all my friends <laughs> making me do stuff. So, okay, okay, so this is this is kind of a therapy question. So what keeps yeah. you from, you know, you've got the skills, you've got the songs, you've oh got the gosh. ideas, you've got the connections. Yeah. What keeps you from yeah. being like, going that last step and saying, let's go record it? What, what, <laughs> I'm not, I, and this isn't a judgment on you. I'm not, yeah, I'm actually feel, not sure. Like, I, I really honestly feel like I'm just bothering people. <laughs> okay, you said that before. Yeah. You feel like yeah, so I, I think, like, maybe there's a better way to express that, but I'm like, ah, they're not going to want to record this stuff it's just uh it's just a self-esteem issue i think you kind of uh, it sounds like you really benefit from that kind of getting that validation or that push yeah so it's yeah so it's i i think the, everything that i have is probably a benefit from the push uh right now so from other people so well like even even the open mic that i used to host the host just gave it to me because I was showing up every week. So, yeah. so, and I hosted that for five years after that. Was that Uncommon Ground? <laughs> oh, no, that was um, at uh, this place, Town Hall Pub, uh, which is near Uncom Uncommon Ground. Oh. So I'd go to Uncommon Ground, and then I would and then I'd rush over to the Town Hall Pub yeah. to start like a 10.30 to one thirty open mic. Yeah, was that on Monday. Mondays? You yeah, that, that was it. Yeah, I think they, yeah, okay. Um, that, that had a good reputation. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah, I think Raul took it over afterwards, and then another guy, Kevin, took it over. But after I left, but then uh, yeah, that was that was like a good five year run for me that I didn't work for. I it just got handed to me because I was the only person who showed up every week. So yeah, that's. I mean, it's yeah. one thing to go to open mics and play them, but to run them, I mean, that's a, that's a commitment. Yeah. I, yeah. That, it it was nice. It was. I was definitely younger, especially for that late night open mic. And, and especially, I think for like every Monday night, I think I did probably stay up. Like I'd, sometimes I'd stay at the bar past hours <laughs> after hours and would just drink there yeah. or I would uh, hang out with the, uh, the guy who recorded this solo album that I don't want people to hear anymore. <laughs> but, this guy, yeah, but anyway, we'd, we'd hang out probably to the sunrise and just, uh, yeah, just drink and it's fun. Other stuff that I won't want to say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Was David saying you met Robin Williams? 
Oh yeah, yeah, Robin Williams. So, so not the open mic night that was on Mondays, but on Sunday nights there was a comedy show there, actually with uh, host uh, the host uh, Beth Stelling is doing pretty well for herself now. Um, and the Putterboss sisters were awesome. Oh, and Jenna Friedman, who actually was just at the Oscar. She didn't win, but she was one of the writers for um, the Borat movie, Borat 2. So anyway, so, so, so these very successful comedians were uh -huh. hosting this show. Um, one, at one point, they're doing a show on Saturday night with Robin Williams, and they just invited him to their Sunday night show uh -huh. at Town Hall Pub. And then I happened to be booked on that show because they always have like a musical guest or so. Uh -huh. <laughs> and so basically, um, I'm setting up for that show on Sunday, just getting my bearings. The bar's still really dark. And then somebody <laughs> somebody points to the silhouette who just walked in, like, hey, that's Robin Williams. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, it's Rob, look, kind of looks like Robin, Robin Williams. But then I get a closer look, like, holy shit, that's Robin Williams. <laughs> and then he actually sits through the entire show. So he sees me play a couple songs in two different segments in the show. Uh -huh. um, and then he ends up going up on this stage that's probably only like two feet high at the most, uh -huh. uh, maybe less. Yeah, and then he does like a 45, it seemed like a long time, like a 45 minute performance um, after the entire show was over, so. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, I got to meet him. He was, yeah, he said nice things. And, and it was cool to see his, his mind work in real time, basically, because that was... Uh, like you could see him improvise. He would take a prop that was already used that night in a different comedy bit. Yeah. And he would do 10 things with this prop just like off the cuff and like, what? Unbelievable mind. Did he talk to you about your harmonica playing? Oh, actually, I'm not even sure if I played harmonica for that show. I might've actually just sang and played ukulele. Oh, okay. I made an assumption something. there, but did he, I mean, did he yeah. talk about, talk to you about your performance? Oh, I didn't talk to him for that long. <laughs> I just met him, but he's, he did, he did say I did a great job. So, uh, so their validation from Robin Williams. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So let me, well, let's, you know, there's, there's just a few minutes left, but let's, uh, is there anything else that you, I mean, kind of said early on that you're feeling a little bit more hopeful. Yeah. Now is that. Yeah. I have, I have the vaccine, uh -huh. both shots. That's great. Yeah, I got Pfizer. Maybe I'll try and get Moderna next. No, I'm not. <laughs> so, and you said you and Rami are talking about meeting yeah, up? Yeah, performing. Yeah, he, he also has both doses. Uh, and I think Jessica as well, his wife. So, um, yeah, so mm -hmm. I think we can start talking about at least us two getting together and working on fleshing out things and even pl planning things for That's the first great. time. Yeah. And so... Where can people find, you know, your music, support your music? Oh, goodness. Let's see. <laughs> so, so um, well, of course, I have. So this is my kind of personal Instagram mm -hmm. uh, account where I mostly post stuff about either whiskey or tea. <laughs> but then uh, sometimes, obviously, the music stuff leaches in. But I also have the music Instagram. So that's the band is Blow Wind Blow. But the Instagram uh, account is Blow Wind Blow is cool because we are. <laughs> so okay. and then uh and then I have a band camp for blow and blow dot bandcamp.com. And I and we're on Spotify too. And Spotify, yeah. I saw that yeah. uh, you're on Spotify as well. Mm -hmm. Um thank you so much for being on the show. It's always a pleasure to see oh, yeah, you thanks. and to talk to you. Thanks so much for the ego boost <laughs> that I, I clearly needed, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I'm just I'm a musician. I got invited on this show. <laughs> so, you're a wonderful but, musician I, I very much encourage oh. everybody to check out your music you are I, I'll tell you this I won't name my friend but I have, I have a friend who oh, yeah. I think was with me when you and Ty performed mm -hmm. one night and, and the friend made the comment that normally they don't like harmonica uh, oh. <laughs> playing but when they saw you it was like totally different they loved oh, cool. it you sounded so good oh. you, you do I mean you're amazing you just, you're oh, awesome. so fantastic oh. that's not all you do but um yeah, I got it. But, but, but that was the first thing I ever did. That's what got me away from, I don't know, <laughs> a steady income of graphic design. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but I'm, I'm much happier, I think, just doing, working what I want to work on, obviously. So.
Blues by Blow Wind Blow, Ryan Suzuka's band. I want to thank Ryan Suzuka for being on the show today. Next week, we have Jessica Robbins of Chicago-based band Course with a special Mother's Day episode. Jessica is a mother of three, a writer and a musician, and we will be talking about how she does it all or how she attempts to do it all. The week after that, we have our very first group session. Group session is where I talk with full bands about how they work together, how they fight together, and we also listen to a live performance from them as well. Our first group session episode will feature Chicago band Tobacco City. Please visit musictherapypodcast.com for upcoming guests and other information. Hope you guys are hanging in there, and we'll see you next week.